for a few moments tonight, I would like us to look together at Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel chapter 34. Have you ever wondered why Luke chapter 2 describes the angels coming to announce the birth of Jesus Christ to shepherds on a hillside outside of Bethlehem? So we think about that scene. We think about how these majestic angels came to people on earth. They didn't come to kings. They didn't come to nobility, to the wealthy. They came and announced the birth of Jesus to just ordinary, everyday shepherds who were out doing their duty, their responsibility on the hills outside of Bethlehem. And one of the significances of that, I think, is that Jesus came to identify with all people, not just the nobility, not just the royal, not the the high and mighty of society, but to identify himself with all levels of humanity. And he came and he was born in Bethlehem and he grew up in Nazareth in a humble town in Galilee. And so I think one of the significances of that is to identify with even the lowly of society. But I think we see another significance in Ezekiel 34 in that the, the idea or the theme of a shepherd runs all the way throughout Scripture. And we see the significance of that shepherd theme going all the way back to the book of Genesis. We see that Abraham and his descendants were shepherds. That was their trade. And so that's when they went to Egypt after the famine. That was one of the issues they had to deal with is they were considered unclean by the Egyptians. And they had to go and live in their own place because they were shepherds. And so the the ancestors of Jesus were known as shepherds. That was a, an honored occupation among the Israelite people. And then we come later on to a man by the name of David. And the prophet Samuel had been sent by God to anoint the next king of Israel after Saul had rebelled and God had rejected Saul from being king over Israel. God sent the prophet Samuel to anoint the next king. And he went to the house of Jesse. And one by one, God told the prophet Samuel, no, not this one, not this one. And finally, he ended up with the youngest the shortest, perhaps, not the one that, externally speaking, you would naturally identify as a great leader of God's people, Israel. And where was David? He was out in the fields, wasn't he? And he was a shepherd. He was watching over the flocks. And so we see this shepherd theme throughout the scriptures. And then we come to the prophets. And we see that God is described as a shepherd. God himself is viewed as a shepherd of his people, Israel. We read in Psalm 23 that the Lord is a shepherd who leads us beside still waters and takes us to those green pastures. And so the picture of a shepherd is actually an exalted one in Scripture. And this passage in particular in Ezekiel 34 shows us the importance of the shepherd role in Israel and, and attaches to it prophetic significance, especially to the coming of the Messiah to the coming of one who would rule over God's people in righteousness and in justice. When we come to Ezekiel 34, we'll see the failure of ordinary human shepherds leading the flock and the need for God to come and shepherd his flock in a righteous and a just way. I'd like for us to read this passage together, and then I'll offer just some brief thoughts and meditations on this passage. 
Ezekiel 34, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, woe to you, shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak, or healed the sick, or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays, or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered, because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill, They were scattered over the whole earth, and no one searched or looked for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd, and so has been plundered and has become food for all the wild animals, and because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than for my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel." I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. As for you, my flock, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will judge between one sheep and another and between rams and goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of your pasture with your feet? Is it not enough for you to drink clear water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drink what you have muddled with your feet? Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says to them. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you shove with flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you have driven them away. I will save my flock. And they will no longer be plundered. I will judge between one sheep and another. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant, David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant, David, will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them. And rid the land of savage beasts so that they may live in the wilderness and sleep in the forests in safety. I will make them and the places surrounding my hill a blessing. I will send down showers in season. There will be showers of blessing 
The trees will yield their fruit and the ground will yield its crops. The people will be secure in their land. They will know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and rescue them from the hands of those who enslave them. They will no longer be plundered by the nations, nor will wild animals devour them. They will live in safety and no one will make them afraid. I will provide for them a land renowned for its crops, and they will no longer be victims of famine in the land or bear the scorn of the nations. Then they will know that I, the Lord, their God, am with them, and that they, the Israelites, are my people, declares the sovereign Lord. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am the Lord, your God, declares the sovereign Lord. Let's bow in prayer together. Father, you are gracious and merciful. We thank you that you are the holy shepherd of Israel, the good shepherd of your people, and that you promised that you would guide and protect and lead your people into land of safety and land of protection and land of sustenance. We thank you, Lord, that you have fulfilled this prophecy in the sending of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we look forward to his second coming again when we will experience full joy and peace and prosperity in the kingdom of our Lord. Lord, thank you for this passage of scripture and may we apply it to our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to see in the beginning of this passage the failure of sinful human shepherds. The failure of human sinful shepherds. One of the things that Ezekiel does as a prophet of the Lord is he indicts the false shepherds of Israel. He indicts them for their failure to lead. And he describes them as people who were self-indulgent, people who were negligent, people who mistreated the flock instead of shepherded them and cared for them. And in the end, they abandoned them. So they were negligent in their duties and they were self-seeking These shepherds that Ezekiel is describing probably has in mind both the political leaders of Israel, such as the kings and the judges and those who ruled over the people, as well as the religious leaders of Israel, including the priests and some of the prophets who were not uh, attentive to the word of the Lord. And so Ezekiel describes shepherds who were negligent in their duties and failed to carry out their mission. And as a result, the people of God were scattered among the nations. And this probably specifically refers to the Babylonian captivity, in which all of these kings leading up to the Babylonian captivity, they had failed Israel. They had failed God's people. They had led them down wrong paths. And as a result, God's flock, God's sheep, were scattered among the nations. And so there's a failure of sinful human shepherds, sinful human leaders, And so God says, there is a need for me to come in and judge these shepherds for their failure and remove them. And then God says, I myself will shepherd my people. And so we see the failure of sinful human shepherds, but we also see the need for a righteous divine shepherd. Throughout much of this passage, God says, I will care for my flock. I will bring them back from the nations. I will take care of all of their external threats. And I will regather them and bring them home back to the land of promise, back to the green pastures, back to the still waters. And I myself, God says, will shepherd them and care for them. 
So I'll take care of their external threats. And then the passage also says that God would judge between them and take care of the internal threats among them in which one sheep, one strong sheep would butt up against a weaker sheep and would push it out of the way and would take its food and would kick it away from the green pastures. And the Lord says, when I come as a shepherd of my people, I will not only deliver them from external enemies, I will also reign in justice and righteousness in which there will be no more oppression and mistreatment of one sheep over another. That's what it says when he says, I will judge between one sheep and the other. God will be righteous in the administration of his kingdom and in in his shepherding of his people. But what is fascinating about this passage is when we get to verse number 23, and the passage specifically says that the way in which God will shepherd his people is through a servant that he will appoint. Verse 23 says, I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them, and he will tend them and be their shepherd. And then I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Now, the question is, and something for us to think about, is when Ezekiel is writing this, David has been dead and buried for many generations. So who is this referring to when Ezekiel prophesies about a coming servant of God and names him specifically David? Not just a descendant of David, but he calls him David. And this person will be one who will shepherd the people on God's behalf. And so somehow we have to reconcile in the passage the fact that God says he is going to shepherd his people. And then in the latter part of the passage, he says, I'm going to shepherd my people through a servant that I will appoint. I think we have to come back to Ezekiel 34 with the viewpoint of the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament and see that this future David that Ezekiel is prophesying is none other than Jesus, the descendant of David, the son of David, who was born in the town of David in Bethlehem and who Isaiah 9, 6 says would rule on David's throne. This is a prophecy of the coming Messiah And so in this one person, you have the joining together of a human shepherd as well as a divine shepherd who will shepherd God's people and he will do it in righteousness and in justice, in integrity and in faithfulness. And he will provide protection and salvation, deliverance and prosperity and peace for his people. It could be that when Jesus in John chapter 10 says, I am the good shepherd. That he is in in purposefully referring back to Ezekiel 34 and thinking of himself as this future David, this one who would come and would shepherd God's people. And so Jesus, the good shepherd, those who find rest in him, those who find salvation in him, they are cared for forever and ever, aren't they? Jesus says, I'm a good shepherd. My sheep know me. They hear my voice and I bring them unto myself and there will be one flock and one shepherd and I, no one is able to pluck them out of my hand. No one is stronger than my father and no one is able to pluck them out of his hand.
And so Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the one who will bring to fulfillment this passage. When he comes, he will bring a covenant of peace. He will bring a covenant of peace in which God will dwell with his people and they will dwell with God. And it will be a a time of peace and of protection and of safety, of deliverance, of provision. I think ultimately this points to the second coming of the Lord Jesus and his kingdom in which there will be complete perfection of righteousness and holiness, and there will be perfect joy and prosperity and peace in the presence of God forevermore. This is the good shepherd of Israel. So when we worship tonight the child born in Bethlehem, and when we see the angels come and announce the birth of Jesus to shepherds on a hillside, it could be that the angels are calling shepherds, to come to the one true shepherd who was born in Bethlehem, the one who would shepherd all of God's people in righteousness and lead them into peace. And so my prayer tonight is that as we partake of the Lord's table, that we would do so in a, in a worshipful, in a mindful way, remembering this prophecy, remembering that it has been fulfilled in Jesus, and remembering that it will be completely fulfilled when Jesus returns when he comes again for his people. And so I pray that this will be a worshipful time as we remember the good shepherd of Israel. Let's bow in prayer together. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you that he has come, the son of David, the Messiah, the anointed one of God, and that he has come to shepherd his people, the people that you have given him, the people that he has laid down his life for, the people that he has redeemed, the people that he has gathered unto himself. We thank you for our good shepherd. We thank you that he has redeemed us and saved us and delivered us and that now he is guiding us into your will and one day he will return and lead us into the eternal kingdom of God and a new heavens and a new earth. Thank you for the good shepherd of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, bless the remainder of our time. May we worship together. May we, as we partake of the table, do so in a thoughtful way as we each examine ourselves. And we pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.